You're listening to the Man Chat Podcast, a show with two men talking about recent events and the effect they could have on men's mental health. This is Sean and Huggy, your hosts. Welcome to the Man Chat Podcast. We're now on to episode 11. Um, unfortunately, my Spanish does not go up this far, so we're going to carry on with episode 11. We're joined by Huggy, as always. Welcome, Huggy. Hello, mate. Hello. Happy, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Uh, I hear you had a bit of a big one last night. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a big one. It wasn't intended, but a few of the boys came over. Um, and yeah, we were up until the wee hours of the morning putting the world to rights, as you do. Obviously, once you've had a few... You sure, but <laughs> maybe we should have uh, we should have put the podcast in your back garden last night. I'm sure we would Honestly. have had some fantastic content coming out for today. So much shit was chatted, as always. As always, um, hopefully a little bit less than what we try and chat on here. But for today, uh, we are going to be discussing what can organisations do more around mental health, um, and how can we learn from Olympians. Um, and their mental health struggles and how can we bring that into our daily lives. This is on the back of the Tokyo Games ending. Um, I'll be honest, Cal, I didn't actually watch much of the Olympics. I'm not sure about yourself. I didn't watch a single thing. Didn't watch a single bit. I think the time difference, I was like, I don't even know when it's on. Um, But it comes on the back of the Tokyo Olympics. We've got the football season starting, starting up again as this week was the second round of fixtures and we know the impact that that can have on mental health as we've discussed on on the podcast before so we thought why not dive into what they're doing at athletics level can we bring that over to football and into our daily lives how's that sound to yourself huggy yeah that sounds good let's go for it yeah sounds fantastic so i think to give the context uh, there were some high profile names weren't there from the olympics that uh, Simeon Biles is probably the biggest one. She's one of the greatest athletes. Um, I do remember watching her at the previous Olympics in the gymnastics. Um, absolutely killing it. Um, and she withdrew from her event that she was expected to win because of mental health. Um, and I, I looked up a couple of stats before this because we always do the research, um, which said that the mental health practitioners of the Olympic Committee were receiving about 10 calls a day. Um, so... I've looked it up as well. The Tokyo Olympics actually went on for 17 days, Huggy, and you didn't even you didn't wow. even catch one. 17 days no. just flew by you. Um, so yeah, it went on for 17 days, and that works out at 170 calls, if my maths is correct there, um, which is obviously a lot of calls from people that are at the you know the top of their the top of their game in terms of what they do, the top of their sport, they're, they're Olympic athletes, and yet even them are still pulling out from from their sport that they trained four years for. I think that was what got me huggy when I when I saw the stat and the people pulling out. I was like, you've trained four years for this one chance to win a medal and you, you're willing to pull out from that because of, of your mental health. I mean, how did you feel sort of when you heard some of those news coming out? Well, like, same as you, the fact that they've trained for all of this time. Um, they It's been put off a year because of COVID um, and that, yeah, it's obviously something pretty big in, which is going on for each of the individuals that pulled out because for them to pull out of something which they've trained four or five years for. Um, but I take my hat off to them because they've stood up and actually gone against what probably they've been told by maybe their managers, their coaches and probably their country saying, no, you need to compete. And they've gone, no, I come first. And I think that's what's really important. That's a huge takeaway from this. They've actually spoken up. How many people didn't speak up? Ten, ten people yeah. a day calling in for help? how many didn't call in yeah and do you think there was other athletes that were maybe struggling saw the saw that someone had quit and thought oh i wish that wish i could have the the courage to do that and then they had to get on with it and maybe didn't perform as as well as they wanted to like i wonder if that was the psychology in those camps there as well and do you think having seen that having you know this is quite a high profile event um especially for those in athletics do you think it's changed the conversation on mental health um, I don't think it's changed it because I think it's still a taboo and especially within sport because nobody really comes out and says, well, you've got um, the Gypsy King, he, Tyson Fury. Yep. He, he's probably the only big name that I know of that outwardly speaks about his mental health and the impacts it had on him a few years back and putting on all the weight, drinking and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Um, but other than that, and the recent Olympics, you don't hear of anybody coming out and saying, 
I'm struggling, I need help, or I've been getting help, or or, or just asking for yeah. anything, or talking about it. So I don't think it's changed the conversation, but I think it's maybe raised awareness where there hasn't been any around in professional sport before. I think mm. they do need to put some practices in place to help promote coming out, talking about their mental health. Yeah, and I think you mentioned Gypsy King there. He's quite consistent, isn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, he talks a lot of shit on his Instagram if you if you follow him. <laughs> like a hell of a, a yeah. hell of a lot of shit. <laughs> Um, but he he is quite consistent when like when you think about a current sports star talking about their mental health he is yeah one of the most consistent in terms of constantly posting about it how he's feeling trying to motivate others um, yeah. and I, I don't know if I, if you've seen or I haven't heard of any of the Olympians they've come out they've, they've said we've withdrawn from mental health but I haven't seen anything else um, no. come, coming from that no granted i don't follow any of them on social media so they might have posted <laughs> yeah. stuff on there but you don't even see it in the news no, um, it's just that big statement isn't it, it? yes yeah, yeah it's probably it was probably back page news during the olympics that someone's pulled out i doubt it would have been front page but it's probably back page yeah. sport news that someone's pulled out and then i bet it just got forgotten about because somebody got signed in football for 100 million <laughs> or whatever which yeah. obviously means more than somebody's mental health <laughs> That they've pulled out of an Olympics, yep. um, but yeah, he is consistent with that, and I, I I do admire that about him is that even with all of his money and fame, he's still very humble and will always, mm. you know, answer questions about his mental health. He'll always promote people going out and talking and looking after themselves. Um, so I, I think more people like him, sports stars and famous people. It doesn't just necessarily have to be sports stars; it could be just anyone famous like yeah. promoting it there because they say that with companies if you get somebody like a ceo or or a senior manager if they talk about their mental health employees will then see that it's an environment where you can openly talk about your mental health and they'll feel safer being able to say actually i struggle too and i think mm. maybe having these couple of olympians that have come out and said not i'm pulling out because of my mental health maybe it gave the strength to other people to have that same conversation yeah, I think that, I mean, I work in a, a corporate wellness company and that's something we'll be encouraging. You know, if your CEO is, ours is around exercise, but it's, yeah, if your CEO is endorsing your exercise benefit, more people are likely to get on board. It seems to be an approach. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it works for us, so maybe it would yeah. work in a mental health and maybe what we've seen is those Olympians create those spaces within that that sport where people can now, more comfortably open up but i think that's a really good point like people should be opening up on instagram more regularly like you say these influencers and making it more normal on there because i think i don't know about you huggy but when you look on instagram there's there's accounts that talk about mental health i mean the, the locker room journal and the man chat podcast we talk about mental health and we post relevant content for for people that um follow and look so that we can share and, and share the voice yeah. of that but you very very rarely see just a a typical account of an influencer or someone that's you know on holiday etc and then they just talk about their mental health in one post and then they're back to posting their grey goose bottles in the nightclubs and their free lord timepieces watch that you can get with 10 percent off like you don't really see that in a feed do you it's either i'm a mental health advocate and everything i'm going to do is mental health or i'm i'm an influencer and everything i'm going to do is is going to be sean 10 for your discount code at checkout so it's, yeah. it's quite an interesting point that there isn't really that that mixture is there of feeds and people making it normal it's all about image as well isn't it because i imagine they've probably got campaign managers brand managers um promotional like targets or whatever all these people have mm. to make all that money and they probably get told you can't talk about this you can't talk about that we don't want to see any kind of they probably say weakness but it's not a weakness saying that you're suffering from mental health um yeah don't want anything that think, might make you like less desirable or something yeah, like one of our one of our guests, uh, one of our special guests that we're releasing podcast soon about. He said he has a famous footballer as one of his ambassadors, yeah. but he's not allowed to post any photos of him on his, their social media in their football in his football team's kit because they don't want to be yeah. associated with the mental health aspect. And it's like, how bad yeah. is that? <laughs> yes, you can use one of our players <laughs> as an ambassador, but he's not allowed to have any of the team's kit 
no logos, nothing. He's not allowed to talk about the team. We, we're going to be a completely separate entity to him for this. And it, that crazy, just shows you how, is, how, how poorly his mental health seen um, that a club wants to just be kept at arm's length away from it. That, yep, he'll talk about the fact that he suffered from mental health, but we're not going to be a part of that. And this wasn't, I mean, this wasn't even a top club. But this was, I think, no. League One, I think they're in. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I bet they'd be the first to put out a statement offering support and condolences if something was to happen to that person from mental health. Like, yeah. they don't want to be seen as, as preventing it. And I think, yeah, that's a good reminder as well that we need to get that podcast out. Um, but also, <laughs> I think a, a really key point, you know, organisations are um, not not targeting it. You know, they, they want to they'll come out after something has happened and they'll say mm. condolences support. We're here, here's some signposts, but they won't do anything beforehand, will they? Which is what we exist to do to try and be more preventative than reactionary yeah. to what happens. Um, but I think that's a really good point of organizations from a top down approach being more vulnerable and, and having that space. So everyone talks about mental health, but I also think about making mental health more normal in places which are about like an Instagram, which are about your image and trying to portray the best view of yourself. I think Danny Danny uh, mentioned that in his, his podcast, didn't he, about, you know, you have all these things to look good and be happy, but actually you're not happy. You're just, sh- you're just showing off. Yeah. I don't know who. I mean, I've literally got about 20 followers. So I don't really think they care what, what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm up to. But I think, yeah, how would, you, how would you try and make it more normal on Instagram? Maybe we can start a little campaign from, from this. We can have a hashtag. We can, we can put something in there. Like... It's difficult, mate, because when someone's feeling down or they're maybe going through a hard patch, the last thing they probably think of is, I must go on my Instagram and post a photo of me being really upset or, you know, (laughs) really down about something. And they're not going to go and jump on and do a a Facebook Live and be like, guys, I'm really down at the moment or whatever the problem is. So it's difficult, but maybe, I don't know, maybe if they spoke about it afterwards, you know. Mm if they've like been the offline or yeah or do a and a session about it like how did they feel during it how did they get mm. through it and what could they advise um yeah. i think it's just opening that forum of open speech about their mental health or just mental health in general because yeah. that's not done enough and you like we're saying with the sports is is something in place for these sports stars like within Premier League football teams or any football teams do they have someone there which is dedicated to they'll probably have like well-being managers or coaches or whatever but do they have someone that they can go to and speak about their mental health because if you're earning millions of pounds as a 19 year old (laughs) and you're getting everything done for you yeah it sounds great but they probably are like what the hell do I like what am I doing I'm getting trolled on instagram i've got millions of pounds i don't know how to boil an egg uh or tie my shoelaces (laughs) so do they do they have someone to talk to i I read an article from um about the lions it was during the lions tour and they they whether they did or not they didn't say it in the article but they were um toying with the idea of actually having a, a mental health dedicated professional mm. go on tour with them because like they said this will be the toughest tour for them because they're yeah. away for eight weeks i think it was eight weeks right or 10 weeks away for that period of time and it's not like normal tours where they can go and do the safaris they'll go out to schools and meet all the local kids yeah. and do all this or they were just locked in hotels where yeah. yeah they were given like games rooms and stuff to do but they were in hotels. They weren't allowed to go out and see anything. The games were played in empty stadiums. After the games, they had to go straight back to the hotels. They weren't allowed to do anything yeah. like that. And they're away from their families for all that time. Um, so they were saying, and I think that was off the back of, I th- I'd have to go and find the article again, but I think it was off the back of James Haskell um, talking to oh, them yeah. about the 2017 tour and just saying how it... Yep how it affected people's mental health, uh, being on that tour and being away for so long. And do you think your yeah. season's probably difficult as it is and it's long and strenuous and then you're going away for eight weeks touring South Africa, Australia or New Zealand, away from your family and you get back and you're probably given like a week off before going back into pre-season. That must have a huge impact. 
And like you say, they're active, like they're rugby players, right? They're used to being, well, maybe not the front, the front row, but some of them will be used to being active and getting out there. And I think that was what it said about the Olympians as well, like the impact of them just being stuck in a hotel mm. room. And then you go out and like, I can't think of anything worse than winning your race or your event. And it just being an empty Silent. stadium. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You score a try and it's just like, hey, all right then. Now I've just, yeah. I've just worked four years or five years yeah. now because it was, to to get this <laughs> get this far, I've won a medal. There's literally no one there. There's there's mm. nothing. Um, there's no one there. So I can imagine that, that about the opening parade. You know when they all walk yeah. out in their countries. Now, normally they're out and they're like waving to all the fans in the stadiums. They were still yeah. doing that, but to an empty stadium. <laughs> What's it's, the like, point? It's, just like, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? I think like mm. COVID has obviously had that massive impact. I don't know if sports have sports psychologists, which is where that falls under but again when you raise that point and you think about it like Simeon Bowles is one of the best Olympic athletes has been like she's going to have a team of I would imagine the best physiotherapist the best gymnastics coach the best of everything you, you would hope if you're in that situation yeah. and yet it, it still wasn't enough to to get her prepared for, for that moment like it um, and there's been a tennis player uh, Naomi Osaka I think is is her name who's, who's withdrawn from a couple more competitions has refused to speak to the press because she just can't do the interviews as well as playing the tennis and trying to you know combat yeah. the mental health so it's, it's definitely becoming a bit more regular I think whether that's the impact of COVID or more people speaking up across more sports that makes it you know oh yeah I'm gonna talk out about it um, this week I, I haven't yet heard of a current Premier League footballer apart from I think Aaron Lennon a couple of years ago when uh, Jesse Lingard actually came out and, and mentioned about his mental health which is why I was in bad form for, for Man United uh, last season but yeah I wonder how they're feeling going straight back into all those fans imagine playing football mm. without fans and not having that abuse chucked at you that we've talked about and all of a sudden these past two weekends you're going to be getting all of that back in People have been yeah. waiting for football to come back, haven't they? I know everyone I speak to is excited for it. And just another wave of Twitter and all of this this shit. Like, I wonder, yeah, to that point, like, I wonder if they were to just come out and say, I try to think about it, because if I was a footballer and I came out and say, look, I was struggling with my mental health because of all the pressure or X, Y, Z. If you were an opposing team, I don't think football fans are at that maturity level to be like, no. Yeah, let's leave off. Let's leave off their number nine this week because we we've, we've heard he's struggling. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll pile in on that, won't they? So oh I, no, I they, they're going to be screaming on the sidelines at him about it. They're going to they're use that to try and put him off scoring the penalty or doing a throw in or free kick or something. They're going to be shouting abuse at him on the pitch. So that could be that could be another reason why maybe people don't come out with it until after they've retired. Yeah, because they don't want it to be used against them, and that's not going to help your mental state, is it? If people know about it, but they use it against you, it's just going to make it ten times worse. <laughs> but going back to your point with the Olympics, is and you saying about the sports psychiatrists, it must for um, for the Olympians that pulled out. Obviously, it wouldn't have just been they woke up that morning and went, "I can't do it." It was obviously building up over yeah. time, so. I wonder how much support they got before that point of no return of I've got to pull out. I can't do this because they, they must've, well, you imagine they must've been working with somebody or maybe they weren't because there is nothing in place. And they said, I've tried doing it alone and I, and I physically can't do it. So now I've got to pull out. So it would be interesting to know if those practices are in place. No, definitely. And I mean, if we've got any Olympians listening into this podcast, please feel free to reach out and let us know um, what what you have. I don't know if they do listen. Hey, who knows, Huggy? There might be some out there. Um, but there might be, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. And also, I think just as an everyday person, I think when you see an Olympian, like I say, train for five years, struggle with their mental health at that point, and they pull out and, and they're open enough to speak about it. I mean, I don't know about you, Huggy, but it makes me feel so much more relaxed about you know struggling to with your mental health or burnout like we talked about in the last one i'm like well everyone's normal it even affects the people that are supposed to be the the elite people of the elite and i think yeah that's quite comforting in a way to know that we are just all the same um i mean i can't do a triple backflip but can you you know it's it's because you wear high heels mate that's what it is stripping the calves (laughs) that's what it is it's the new knee (laughs) 
And I think just for our listeners there, just to give you a gauge of how hungover Huggy actually is for this, he's just sipped on a McDonald's, which I've noticed in the back of his screen. <laughs> he has been, he's been exposed. <laughs> he's been exposed. <laughs> you bastard, calling me out. <laughs> he's been exposed. So any coaches or anyone listening to this that Huggy works with, he's it's, out it's here a, on McDonald's. It's an old cup, that's all. It's water in there. <laughs> Mate, you do not keep your McDonald's cups at all. <laughs> you are not, you are not that that hard up. Unfortunately, I know that about you. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I think that was a, yeah. I wanted to raise that this week, Huggy. I thought it'd be a topic to get into. Hopefully, our listeners it gives them something to think about. About do they have the support in their organisations? Could they speak about their mental health? And could they be the, you know, the Simeon Biles, the champion of their workplace to talk about their mental health when they're struggling? And would people, I think we could put this as a poll on the, the Man Chat Instagram for, for people to get engaged with, um, but would people feel comfortable putting something about their mental health on just their normal Instagram, whether it's whilst they're going through it or, or afterwards? I think we can use this as a end this section on a question when yeah. I'm there, Huggy. So we'll get that on the Man Chat Instagram for people to answer and we'll see what, what happens. Because I personally think that'd be fantastic. Imagine you're scrolling down your Instagram feed You've got, you know, your your Lord watches ten percent off. You've got yep. your ex Love Islander on there, and then you just scroll down next. It's fucking Dave from Dave from next door's just gone on there. Oh, I just had a really shit week, so just treat myself to a takeaway. It was a bit low, but now we're back on it. Up I think that's what's good about the locker room journal um, and your man thoughts Facebook group. Because that is exactly what that space is used for. And boys are yeah. writing on there saying had a bit of a shit week, but X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. So, yeah, may, maybe it's just getting more more platforms like what you've created with Man Thought um, out there. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's use us together as a collective lad force and we'll infiltrate the social medias to, to make mental health as just a normal part of the news feed. That is yeah. the new campaign that I'm going to be back in, Huggy, and... So, yeah, we'll put that on, see see if the lads would be more up for that and we can see what we can do from there. Um, into this week's Agony Uncles. And as we're in this new studio, I should be able to do... Agony Uncle, here for you. And we are in with the Agony Uncles this week. So, this week, Huggy, are you ready for this week's question? Ready as I'll ever be. Oh. <laughs> so, this week, it's less of a question, I suppose more of advice... Um, we have a guy that, it was his birthday this week, um, but it's also the one-year anniversary since his mum died. So I think lost it, lost her during COVID um, and was basically having a shit week. So they've asked us, what could we suggest, you know, to help them get sort of back onto, out of their sort of sadness, out of this time, and how can we sort of help them become more positive? Um, okay. so I, first of all, Huggy, I'm not sure if you've ever lost anyone that's, I suppose, as close to you as your mum. No, I'm fortunate enough in that way that I haven't, so I can't imagine how that person feels. Um, funnily enough, yeah. two of the lads that were over yesterday, they've lost um, a parent each, and they were talking about mm-hmm. it, and they, but both have dealt with it in different ways of how they've um, grieved. But so okay. I, I, I can't, I can't really say how what I would do because I can't imagine the the yeah. sort of the pain and emptiness that you must feel, but. I think it's maybe trying to celebrate their lives, maybe, I mm. could imagine. Instead of thinking about yeah. what you've lost, maybe the memories that you've made with that person, which could also be quite difficult, I imagine, especially around a birthday, because you're always going to relate the two. Every time it's your birthday, yeah. you're going to be happy for that and then sad that, obviously, you've lost your mum. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe do like a celebratory event, some sort of celebration where you look back on her life celebrate her life mm. for your birthday or maybe have them as two separate entities um yep i think that might be a, a nicer way of doing it maybe yeah and i don't mean likewise like it's it's not something I, I can relate to and it's like like you said it's not something you really want to think of right for for, mm. for that ever happening but i mean it will one day i imagine um unfortunately but yeah, I think a celebration is always how I always would like to be remembered. I always think if I had kids and I died, I wouldn't want them to be 
I mean, upset about those special dates where because there yeah. will be dates that don't mean anything to you now, but one day they will they will mean something um, because something will happen on that day. And I think I would always want it to be a celebration. So mm. whenever it's it's a date, if it was my kids and I'd passed, you know, if it's the day I died, that'd be where they'd have a hundred pounds for that day to go to the pub or something and just get absolutely wankered or, you know, whatever type of legacy that you, that you want to live on. So I think a celebration is always sort of the right way to look at it, but I think probably very hard to do. Like imagine, and I don't imagine like as you're celebrating, you're remembering the good things, which yeah. can then in turn turn you back into the, the sadness, right? Cause you're, you're remembering all those good things that, that unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be like a cycle, isn't it? Yeah. You remember the good things yeah. to, heal the pain of the hurt but then that makes you hurt even more because you remember the good <laughs> yeah, time so, oh, was, yeah. yeah and i wouldn't suggest remembering the bad times because that's just going to make you you know end yeah. up um in in that side so i think celebration maybe i think i mean it's a year right so it, it, this is probably going to be the hardest it's ever going to be and I, I think just acknowledging that um, and and taking time to i think just sit with it you know knowing that this is the worst it's ever going to be tomorrow will be better because as, as you go through time heals everything as they say um but yeah i think i think that would be my other one you know not to be too hard on yourself if you don't feel like celebrating your birthday this year or you don't feel like getting out of bed for a couple of days or you don't want to go to work and stuff like that like yeah it's, it's more than warranted i think take take that realization and that time that it is the first one and, and that maybe... you experience of this yeah, and maybe surrounding yourself with other people that are going to be experiencing the same as you. So, other family members, if you've got, obviously, if you've got them, um, mm. maybe friends, like your family, if you if you're married or you've got a partner. Mm. I think by by having that support system around you on that difficult day, that who also understand what you're going through then if you're yeah. upset or quiet or you want to talk, don't want to talk, they'll understand. They won't try and push the circumstance. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another yeah. way that, and that, and this like trying to celebrate, I think yeah. they're the two, they're the two things, but like, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine how, it, how he must feel. So yeah, take yeah. that advice with a pinch of salt because I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think that would help. But I, yeah. but I've not experienced it, so I could go through it and be like, "Shut the fuck up! That doesn't help at all." <laughs> Tried it, bugger off, doesn't help. Um, listening, or, listening to or yourself you... back on this podcast, like, oh, "Fuck off, yeah. cow." <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, yeah. It's not even worth thinking about. No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, hopefully that that. I mean, I think the birthday's passed, but hopefully that that helps. And again, if anyone else listening has any advice send it in to the Instagram in the DMs mm. and we'll share it on the, the story and with this podcast. So, you know, I think there's people out there that are probably more suited to help with that situation. Um, so hopefully they can share something with us that we can then share for the lads and help everyone, you know, keep getting back to positive spirits and improving yeah. mental health. And happy belated birthday as well. Yes, happy birthday. And into Say Your Day, where we talk about our mental health for the week, um, one of the days or the week actually, you, you, we've we've been doing week recently, haven't we, Huggy? Yeah. Um, of, of how our mental health's been, the highs and the lows. Um, maybe we do need a jingle for this bit now. Maybe we can get extra jingly. I'll get um, I'll get my so, creative juices flowing, and I'll come up with another one like Agony oh, Uncles. Cut it all wait. I think we're going to get you doing the jingles all the way throughout the whole podcast, mate. The start, exit, everything. Yeah. That's what we want. That's what the fans yeah. want. I'm sure of it. Yeah. I'm sure I, of I it. Do, I, do, I do have the voice for it, so that's good. Yeah. You do, mate. Voice for radio. I've always said it. Um, Definitely <laughs> got the faith for it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he got there first, twat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, your lows for the week, Mister Hindu. It probably just have to be that I, it was quite a good week. So I'd probably say the low was I had my second vax on Wednesday, and it kind of knocked me out Ooh. on Thursday. Which uh, one did you have? The Pfizer. I didn't have the AstraZeneca. Oh, what did nice. you have? And um, Pfizer, mine's on mine's in a couple well. of days. What what did what happened to you after your second one? Just felt like the first one. I felt fine after it, and then second one, yeah, I just like Thursday, just felt flu like, like kept. Ooh. Yeah, I just felt like really cold, like f not feverish, yeah. but like hot. I did have like hot spells. Just felt a bit shit, a bit run down, 
And then Friday morning, I just felt hungover. Like my head was really heavy and sore. Um, but then I tried, like I got a little bit better as the day went on. Like it wasn't too bad, but it, it, I definitely felt it compared <laughs> to the first one. Um, and I even tried the little trick. I was reading up about the what? I'll put my violin away. I'll put her away. <laughs> yeah, please, mate. Um, yeah, it's Friday. But no, I, I even tried the whole, I, I did the reading about what you can do to try and counteract these side effects. And it was, oh, yeah. What, what did they suggest? Two, hour, two paracetamol okay. two hours before, and then every four hours after you've had it. Did that bollocks work? That, that didn't do anything to me. That sounds like a, that sounds like a Harry Griffith special, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna he's gonna get to us about calling him out to be fair i'm surprised he obviously hasn't listened to the last podcast because he hasn't nah, texted mate. it's time to say you bastards <laughs> you stopped listening that's what it is yeah. um, so you, you did riddance. the paracetamol was it <laughs> was there you did the paracetamol anything else that you did no no not really that was the only thing i read up about <laughs> not not an extensive trial then but well i've no. heard I've heard if the if you have side effects from the first one, the second one's fine. But if you don't have side okay. effects from the first one, the second one gets you. So that's because, what, yeah, that's what it did. Yeah. Then, so I didn't get anything. Did you get anything from your first one? I did, not on the day uh, after, okay. but two days after. It got to like three o'clock at work. I had a headache. I was like, kept getting. Oh, and this was it. Actually, the side effects I got in the evenings, I just kept getting random sweats. So I remember the day I got my jab, I was like, right, I'm going so to go to the gym after. Else, then. <laughs> Just getting, getting random bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Could you what imagine? a side effect that would be. <laughs> yeah. I've, I have a permanent boner, thanks to <laughs> Pfizer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I went to the gym, I think, on the day I had it, and I just literally sweated through my T-shirt. Like, yeah. Didn't, wasn't even doing that much movement to, to warrant um, the, the level of effect I had. So, yeah, I had the random sweats, and then the Thursday and the Friday, I was just wiped out. I like, couldn't wake up in the mornings, and then Blimey. headaches in the afternoons. I had to have a nap. That's how bad it got. I was like, I'm going for how a nap. Good, how good are afternoon naps, though? Oh, fantastic. Although, <laughs> oh. I woke up. It's, it's always dodgy, because like, you wake up at 7. Or, like, I woke up at 7, and I was like... I could just sleep all the way through because you're still that tired. And I'm like, yeah. if I sleep all the way through, I'm going to be awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> I'm going to be absolutely lost, not knowing what to do wide, with myself. Yeah, so. wide, yeah, wide awake. There's nothing worse than waking up at that sort of time, wide awake and being like, oh, yeah. I know that if I do get up now and try and do something, by 8 a.m., <laughs> I'm going to be shattered. <laughs> I want to go back to bed. So yeah. you just got to try and force yourself to go back to sleep. Or just start working and claim it on the flexible working. No, I was working from 3am. It's, it's the time I work now. But, send a couple of emails. Yeah. It'll, uh, it'll look good. <laughs> a of no, emails I'm, I'm a big it. promoter for afternoon naps. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, well, let's, let's get them in. Let's get them in. Yeah, that'd be good if whole... companies allowed you. I suppose you yeah. could do it during your lunch break, but if you're in an office, then you're not going to have any space to go and do it. You can't just sit at your desk and have a little nap for an hour. I used to... I used to go to the park near work in the summer when I was extremely hungover. <laughs> it's actually once I went out with Griff, who we mm. just mentioned, and I think I had like two hours sleep was in work, and then I was like, "Yeah, I need I need a nap." Um, <laughs> just went to the park in the sun, laid my little head down for for an hour. I was like, "This is fantastic." I felt I great, bet. so I'm with I you. Bet. Yeah, I mean, I may have looked slightly homeless. Well, yeah, but you're yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, you're in London. There's loads of them. At least, at least you address. Exactly. Well, yeah, just about, just about. <laughs> so, what's your low point be? My low point of this week, um, I'd probably say, I reckon maybe Friday afternoon, or maybe yesterday was a bit low. I think just mentally. I think we spoke before, didn't we, about burnout? I'm on my mission yeah. to try and beat burnout by still working and seeing what wellness things will will work um, i have to say it's not quite working that well uh, which is probably the reason for for the low point um yeah. on on friday and saturday i think yeah i think life's just a bit tough but when i think about it life's actually brilliant like i was you know everything is going well and it's probably 
the best things have gone in you know in recent months um mm. but i think there's just a few things that like i've been living with someone in this flat for four years well three years be four years next year and i'm just so ready to live on my own and the flat's a bit the flat is a bit shit so i'm like i want to move out but there's nowhere really to move out because you can't afford to live on your own in london unless you're I don't know, you work for Deloitte or KPMG and you work 24 hours a day for six years. Um, So I'm like, I'm basically, I've got to live in here until I I find an option or or move out of London. Or not out of London, but, you know, just to the outskirts. And then, like, this new housemate that I've got who's leaving soon, uh, he's a decent enough lad. He's teaching me Spanish. We get on quite well. Hasn't taught you the number 11 now, has he? He's he's not. I'm going to go to him and say, "Where's number 11 Are oh, you going to need twelve soon? Yeah. Oh, fuck, guys. See, you're always thinking one step ahead. Fuck. But um, yeah, like even that is just annoying. Like you, you want to get on and do your thing. You finish work. You're like, right, I just want to have some quick bit of food and then crack on into the evening. And you go out and then he fucking pops out of his room and starts chatting to you and you're like, oh, please, just give me a, yeah. give me a break. Like I just. But I don't want to do this, you know. You want to go for a piss, you know. I was in there having a shower. You're like, for fuck's sake, like I'm, I'm done with this living life. You know, you're like, I really need to wash my fucking gym clothes for the next day. Oh no, his his stuff's in the washing, or like, you know. And it's just he's not doing it on purpose, by the way. He's he's not a prick, but yeah. it's, it's just just a, use your bin to do the washing, I suppose. Again, oh <laughs> good. Although that took me twenty minutes for one item, so I think at that rate I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be there for a while. Would would you contemplate moving out of London? Like not moving away from it, but living a commutable distance. So it'd probably be cheaper yeah. for you to get a place by yourself. Would you ever do that? Or I, I wouldn't, just because I think the money that you then spend commuting back in to come in over time, it, I think mm. at the moment it's too big a risk because it's still reopening. Like my work have said that we don't have to go back to the office till January next year. So it's like. Oh, right okay, that could work well until then, but then what happens if they say you've got to be in three times a week and then all of a sudden, like, train bills from commuter towns into London are absolutely expensive. Like, are they? Silly money. Yeah, oh, silly okay. money. So, yeah, it's something I've been thinking about, but I have had a thought of just basically just going for it and living on my own for a year, taking the hit on the extra money and, and finding a way to make up the gap um, of money. Stand on some street corners. Yeah, exactly. I've got some high heel boots. They might work for me. Um, I've got some you can buy. I, I could do people's washing in my bin. That get me this. <laughs> I'll bet you there's some there's some eco warrior in East London somewhere that would yeah. pay top dollar for getting your clothes washed in a bin. Yeah, somewhere. That's a service somewhere. But yeah, I sort of think like if I did take that leap and do it, I'd be more motivated to make it work because right now I'm comfortable. Well. Mm comfortable in terms of like the financials and stuff but there's no there's no urgency because it's you know some days it's all right living here but some days it's not um so yeah that was sort of getting to me a bit like thinking about it it's a a very first world problem you know (laughs) i want to live in my own flat in in london like fucking boohoo um so i can appreciate it when i think about how well everything is going but at the same time it's it's very stressful and I think combined with the burnout is is not helping in terms of just being able to those little things you know that normally you're fine with just fucking set me off and I'm like fuck this shit yeah 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 put you back to square one but on that following our podcast last week have you done any of Mm. the actions you said you would to stop yourself from burning out because looking back at what we discussed I, I said oh, I'll make a point of having my lunch break every day, taking the dog out for a walk. Did I do that? Did I bollocks? The last two weeks I've not Did you done not? that at all. Oh, no. okay. I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you as well. I can't remember what I said. Um. You said you. I think you said you were going to take more breaks as well. Um, and, I've definitely yeah, done that. I've, I've definitely worked a little bit less um, That's than, better. than I probably should. Um, but I have also put timers on my phone. I think you messaged me the other day on Instagram and I was like, I can't, I can't speak to you because I'm locked out of Instagram. Um, but that has actually been fantastic. It's been fantastic. I've, I've set the t- timer limits. I think I'm going to reduce them as well just to keep getting a little bit down further and further. Um, 
because what yeah, are you at at the moment? I think Twitter's twenty minutes, and then Instagram's thirty minutes. But I was averaging like forty-five minutes a day on each. So I thought, let me just bring it down by a little God. bit. I don't even know how. How would you find out how how long you average on an app? Because that is that is the problem for me. Is um, in some reason I've just aimlessly go on Instagram and just flick through it, and then I'll put my phone down. Thirty seconds later, I'll pick my phone back up and go back onto Instagram and just flick through it, and I'll be like, "What am I doing with my life? Get over yourself." Literally, sometimes, and then like you click on someone's story, it's like posted two seconds ago, and you're like sat there, like already staring yeah. at it. Like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah, if you go into your settings on your iPhone, so if anyone yeah. has got an iPhone, you can do this as well with us. Go into settings on your iPhone and then just go on screen time. Oh, yeah. And then see all activity. And then you can see like your daily average, what are your most used apps for the week. Fucking hell. Is that gone? Is that a day or is that for the week? That must. I I believe that it's must cute, be a yeah. day, isn't it? That's just today. Yeah. Instagram hour and a half. Just today, an hour and a half. It must. Be, I'm assuming that's wow. today. Yeah. Oh, yeah so if you click today, on Instagram where it says on it, you can then. So my daily yeah. average for Instagram is one hour and eleven minutes. Oh, can anyone out there beat that? I wonder. Mine's obviously. I think mine's 37 minutes because I, I got rid of the time now on a couple of occasions because I was in the middle of conversations. But, yeah, 37. It was, yeah, it was up to an hour. So I was like, I'm getting rid of that. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that. Yeah, I'm going to put some timers on. I'm going to try that as well. If someone can beat an hour and 29 minutes for Instagram or any yeah. other social media app, write a uh, comment on one of our posts or send us a DM and let us know. And yes. we'll give you, we'll, we want proof as well. Send a screenshot and uh, we'll, we'll sort a little prize out because, wow, that's disgusting. An hour and a half on Instagram a day. But it's, it, honestly, it's a game changer, um, putting the limits on. But there's also, you can see on there how many times you pick up your phone in a day. Um, and like I looked at that, I think my most pick up day is usually Wednesday. So I picked up 150 times. Like 150 that- times, don't even think about it. If you go back into your screen, if you just scroll down from your screen time. Oh, yeah, pick up. Daily, daily average, 86 times. Yeah, mine's 120. I'm on it. It's crazy. Yeah, that is. Crazy. So, yeah, that's that's that bit I'm still doing, and that does help just uh, switch off. I've also, do you know what I've tried as well? I've bought some blue light glasses. Oh, how are to they? To try and get better sleep. I'm not really sure they're working. They just make me look like a, a Primark version of Jurgen Klopp. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, the jury's still out at the moment. The jury's still out, but I'll let you know. Although I did sleep yeah. really well last night, actually. So maybe Ooh. maybe they are working. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'm still doing social media. Well, I have got a week off, though, hopefully, by the end of uh, just after the bank holiday. So Have you? I thought you didn't have any holiday until the end of the year. Yeah, I've found I've got three days. Oh, nice. But I might just take sick days. Like you get to the end of the year, you never. I had one sick day in my whole time at Gym Pass. One sick day. All of those days, you get seven of them a year. God, wasted holiday. Yeah. Well, I do. I don't know what the. Which I never understand because there's five days in a working week, so they're basically giving you a week and two days off. Just make it two weeks. Or one. Yeah, just make it two weeks and don't make them sick days. Just let us take them. Yeah. But yeah, that was that's been my low. So, but it's good okay. to talk about. It. I feel already better talking about it with uh, yourself. Um, I've obviously good. talked about it with with Monica um, and with my parents, um, and I'll let you know what my solution is um, mm. and and what we what we crack on with. Um, nice, and we'll end on a positive note, as always. The highs of the week, Huggy. Tell us your highs. My high is we got the mortgage the mortgage is coming through mortgage yes fabrizio romero saw that on twitter here we go mortgage confirmed mortgage confirmed yeah we got the offer through so that that felt like a massive weight off our shoulders uh knowing that that Mm. came through so that that was really really good um but it also came with a bit of sour grapes we got the surveyor report back and there were quite a few negatives on there so, although we've got the money, 
Um, stuff like, which I didn't even think would be a problem. Stuff like the gap between the floorboards and the um, carpet is insufficient, so not enough air can get like circulate through, so it could oh, cause problems to the timbers me. and stuff like that. Oh, and I was like, shit. which is good to know, but it's also yeah. like, is is how big of a problem is that in reality? But these are all stuff. All the reds are stuff that's got to be checked before we can move in, like before the contracts okay. can be exchanged. I was going to say, how do you put more space between the timbers and the carpet? No How's idea. That, is that even a thing? Why do you teach that at school? Exactly. Hey, Shieldsy's got a um, surveyor. Isn't he a surveyor now or something like that? Doesn't he? I think Didn't he, he is. Learn that in uni? Public service announcement to Jack Shieldsy. Shieldsy. Give us a hand. Get- Tell us what we need to do, please. <laughs> Um, but yeah, stuff like where they've yeah. had the brand new bathroom put in, they've put the the gutter in from the, coming from the top of the roof where they've done the extension. They've they've put that into like the soil pipe as well. So apparently that's Ooh. a bad thing. It's just oh, all it? these little bits where they've obviously just done shortcuts. Um, yeah, but it's a bit of cowboy builders. Could, yeah, but the last thing obviously we don't want to spend all this money and then move in and then something goes wrong and we're like bollocks yeah um yeah fuck it's the i told you amanda it's the fucking soil pipe <laughs> i told you the water's not supposed to be going down there <laughs> yeah so so there's that but the woman who the the woman who we're buying the house from she's a bit of a dick so we can't imagine Is she's she? going to do any of it yeah uh, yeah yeah that's a bit of negotiation for you there mate who pays oh, what with this woman with this woman there is zero negotiation oh really she, she's proper she's... job yeah she she's not like there was that da- we found we, we saw like a damp patch in the spare bedroom on the roof and we said yeah. about that she apparently said it's been there for the eight years we've lived here and it's never um got worse so we're not going to check that before you guys move in it's like sorry love it's your it's your son's birth it's your son's son's bedroom <laughs> if you saw damp in your like little kid's bedroom surely yeah. you'd get that sorted and the best part was the estate agent said, oh, I think her husband's in the building trade. Oh, come on, mate. <laughs> do, do the jobs then. I mean, I would not be hiring from him if, no. if he was. Fuck no. me. So that, that was kind of like the bittersweet. Got the, got the, yeah. got the, uh, sur- the survey report um, come through with those reds. And we were a bit like, oh, bloody hell. And then within five minutes, obviously, the bank then came back to us and said, congratulations here's your offer the money's yours kind of thing so it was oh, like a mate. yay no so uh, <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got a call with a surveyor tomorrow find out what's the biggies and then i've got to speak yeah. to the estate agent and be like they need to fix all this before we'll exchange it's so long isn't it so long Buying a house i don't know so stressful i mean life just isn't easy is it <laughs> you never get anything you want the, the way no. that you want it <laughs> never well, they, they haven't even something. found a house either They've they've not found a house, so we've got to oh, wait for them mate. anyway. Because we're in rented property at the moment, we've got to give a month's notice. So we have to let yeah. them know on the twelfth of the month that we want to move out. But then obviously okay. you've got to tie that in with them finding a house, then they're exchanging just because of the chains. Just like oh, oh mate, I've no it's idea. Be for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then like the person they exchange with could be exchanged with another person. Exactly. Oh. So how it's gonna how that's gonna work. And because we're coming to the end of the year and they've got little kids, are they really going to be wanting to move before Christmas if they've still not found anywhere? You know, if they haven't found anywhere by the end of November, are they going to be pushing to try and find a house and move around Christmas with two tiny little kids? Well, I mean, their kids currently have got bad lungs from the damp in their room, I'm sure they... <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> got a kid in a damp room. Like, I think after living in the house we lived at at uni, the house I live in now... Well, if I'm ever fortunate to have my own house, my own kids, if there is even an ounce of damp in that house, I'm getting that sorted straight away. I mean, why are houses so damp all the time? Didn't all Wilson time? used to wake up every morning and like throw up from coughing so much from his bedroom on the top floor with you and Dixon when we were yeah. in Lambledian? He used to wake up in the morning and be coughing so much because of the dampness and the mould in that room that he would end up throwing yeah. up from it. Mate, I just, yeah... I just remember the windows was just let the air through. <laughs> so you've got no hope. Like the wind would blow, yeah. all my curtains would be going. I'm like, this, the window's shut. 
Yeah, Do you remember I when the pigeon he's... got into Dixon's room and shat everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, but, big yeah, case so... of bird flu in the Cardiff Uni student accommodation that... there. Oh, yeah, same same house that I walked into Griff's room and he was doing an all nighter writing an essay and he's there in socks. He's got his tracky bottoms tucked into his socks. He's wearing a hoodie, his big jacket, and a bobble hat. And you can still see the breath coming out. It's that cold, and we had the heating on. <laughs> yeah, mate, shook it. I don't, I don't know who builds houses, but honestly, I think they're built to be damp, cold, and just expensive. Mm. And the whole process is long. Why do people get excited these days? But, I mean, I'm, that's your high of the week, Huggy. I'm not going to piss on your bonfire there. Shit on it, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is very exciting. And I look forward to the first game of Smash or Bounce um, at your new gaff. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely wait not. For that. You'll, have, so you'll have Amanda waiting. to answer to if you do that. She might be short, but she's maybe, fiery. Maybe I, maybe I won't. Um, maybe we won't. But yes, there's good high huggy. I think for mine, mine for the week is probably going to be this. To be fair, been a fantastic, yeah. however long this is this has been. Um, just having a bit of chat. I've also made a little cake, like a little bake sort of thing before we came on here. So I'm very excited to go and have that. Need a photo of it. Yeah, there's already one on my Instagram actually. I'll sh- I'll share you it. Um, so yeah, I think that's been a high. I think also I've been doing this course to learn about marketing. Um, and that's been really fun and really enjoyable. Um, so that's also been a high of this week. But yeah, I'd say not too many highs this week. It's just been a bit of a mixture. Like I said, we're trying to beat burnout by keep working. I don't actually think it's possible, but I've got one no. more week to see what I can what I can come up with. Um, so if anyone's got any further tips, please let me know, um, and we can get stuck into them. Yeah. But that is us done for number eleven, Anse, as they say in Spain. Hey, I'll see you. I'll see you next weekend, mate. As well, mate. I'll see you next weekend. If any of the podcast listeners are up in Manchester, we will be available for autographs, pictures, selfies. We'll be we'll be there if the three or four people want to come with us. I think they're already coming with us because it's us and our mates. Um, yeah. so look forward to seeing you there, Huggy. I will see you yeah. next week. Thank you all for listening, as always. Um, Huggy, I'll let you say goodbye to the audience. Adios. Adios, amigos. Amigos. Amigos.